Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope you are having a good day and I hope you are ready to get into the Word of God. We are going to continue our series on the Great Commission, probably wrapping it up today. We have looked at the Great Commission from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And last week, we looked at Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20, as the Gospel of Mark also has the Great Commission in it as well. And today, we're, we're just going to continue that conversation and continue to talk about how important it is that we live out the Great Commission. It's a Great Commission. It's a lifestyle, and we need to be Great Commission Christians. But before we get into that, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we want to thank you for this day. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for looking after us. We thank you for your son, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for the salvation that you give us. Lord, you died on that cross. You rose again on the third day, and we give you praise, and we just can't say thank you enough. And Because you live, we can live too. You give us life here on earth, and you give us life eternally. And I pray for those who have not made that decision to give their lives to you. Lord, may today be their day that they call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Father, we thank you for your word. You give us your word. You give us everything we need in your word. And as we open it up this morning, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us, guide us, lead us into all truths. And I pray, Father, that each one of us will be doers of your word and not hearers only. Father, I know there's many needs out there today, Lord, all everybody who's listening today. There's spiritual needs, physical needs, financial needs, people who are experiencing the death of a loved one, Lord. Just so many needs out there, and you know them all. Father, I just want to lift them up to you. I pray that you'll bring comfort, you'll bring peace, that you'll bring healing, healing physically and also healing emotionally and spiritually. And Lord, we just pray for each of these needs and thank you, God, that we can trust each one with you. Father, we also lift up this world, Lord, as you know, the war that's been going on. And Lord, there's just one thing after another. And we shouldn't be surprised because your word tells us what's going to happen to this world. And we see it unfold before our eyes. But Lord, at the same time, we want to still pray for peace. God, we pray for those who have been affected by the war in the Ukraine, Lord, those who have lost loved ones, and we pray for comfort. Those who have had to leave their homes and leave their countries and are now refugees in other countries, Lord, we pray for their protection, for their safety. And, Lord, we just pray that through all that, God, you will bring a lot of good as only you can. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around this world, many who are persecuted for your name's sake. Lord, we pray for them. We pray for their faith to be stronger and stronger and stronger so they will not waver. Lord, we pray for their protection. We pray that you'll continue to encourage them and lift them up and continue to work through them. And Lord, those who are persecuting you around this world, Lord, we pray for their salvation. Lord, it's like when Saul was persecuting all the Christians. He was really persecuting you. And Lord, he came to you, he fell on his knees, and he gave his life to you and became the great apostle Paul. So Lord, there's others out there who are just totally blinded by the enemy, and we're praying for their salvation, Father God. Lord, we just thank you that we can trust you with all things. We thank you for this time to be in your word. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We serve such an awesome God. And I pray that you are developing that relationship with him through prayer, daily prayer, 
and through reading this word, and that's daily reading this word, I just really encourage you to block out time. We have to be intentional. Any relationship we're in, we have to be intentional that we're going to grow that relationship. And it's the same with our Father. We need to be intentional to set aside time that we're going to have time of prayer, that we're praying to him, but also listening, and time to be in his word, because he really will speak to us through his word, and we learn so much more about our awesome God. And so I just wanted to give you that encouragement today. Be in his word and be a person of prayer. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to conclude the series on the Great Commission. This is part four. And why is it so important that we often study the Great Commission? I teach about it a lot. Why is that? Well, there's a number of reasons. And the first one is he commands us. This Great Commission is a command from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful command because once you start living it out, you see how wonderful that it is. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. We need to be obedient to him. That's one reason why it's so important. Another is it's something that the body of Christ has forgotten. The majority of Christians, and we've shared stats uh, throughout this series, how the majority of Christians don't know what the Great Commission is. Some may have heard it, but don't really recall exactly what it is. Over 60, I think it was like 64%, just really don't have a clue on what the Great Commission is. And that's a sad fact of the church today, church being the body of Christ especially here in the U.S. So it's something that we need to remember. We need to obey. So it needs to be taught and it needs to be lived out. Because remember, it's the Great Commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. It's the Great Commission, and it's a lifestyle. It's not an outreach with a church or a church event or at Love and Action. We have a number of outreaches. It's much more than that. Now, those are important. I'm not saying don't do those things because those are important. It's part of living out the Great Commission. So, yes, that is important. That's not what it's all about. It's about living a life of the Great Commission. And so we need to do more than just invite people to church. Now, invite people to church, that's an important thing because if you don't invite them, who's going to? But you can't just invite them with the idea of, okay, if I invite them, then the pastor And the staff, they can do all of the saving, all the discipling, and everything else. Well, that's not what Jesus says here. Jesus tells us all, all who are followers of him, to go and preach the gospel and to go and make disciples. So it's for all of us. So that's why it's so important that we learn about the Great Commission and that we live it out. Thirdly, people die every single day and go to hell. That should bother us. It bothers me. Does it bother you? It needs to. It's estimated that 166,279 people die every day. That's over 166,000 people die every day around this world. Let's break that stat down even more. That's 6,928 people per hour die. Let's break it down even further. 115 people die every day minute. That's 1.92 deaths per second. Almost two people every second die. So that means in this 30-minute program, Sunday morning with love and action, 3,450 people will die. Now, I'm not trying to put a downer on your Sunday, but I want you to understand that people are dying every day. And how many of them are going to heaven? How many of them are going to hell? We don't know. 
But what we do know is there's 3.23 billion people in the world who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's 41% of our world's population who will die and go to hell without even hearing the gospel. That's why Jesus commands us to go and preach the gospel to all people groups all around this world and to make disciples. We have to tell people about Jesus because if we don't, who will? The world's not going to. God has called us to do this. He's commanded us as followers to do this. And when you start to obey, you start to follow him, you start to go out and tell people about Jesus, share your testimony, make disciples, you realize, man, this is awesome. (laughs) Why hadn't I done this earlier in my life? I know that's what I think. I wish I would have started at a much younger age to live for Jesus and to tell others about him and to start making disciples at a young age. So if you're a young person out there today, start living for him now. You're not going to miss anything. You're going to gain a whole lot, and life is going to be so much better. And the cool thing is God, God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, wants us to be a part of what he is doing. Now, does God need us? No, he doesn't need us. Go back into Genesis, and you can see how he talked to Abraham and moved Abraham into really being the first disciple maker that there there ever was. But he doesn't need us. But the cool thing is he wants us to be part of what he is doing. He is our heavenly father. He is a good, good father. And every father wants their child to be a part of what they're doing. It it, it just makes it more fun. It's more family. It's being doing things as a family. And that's what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. He wants us to be a part of going out and telling people and seeing people come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And we see in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, as we talked about last week, that as disciples obeyed him, because we saw he, he told them to go out and preach the gospel to everyone. And as they obeyed him, we read that the Lord worked with them. See, he's with us. He is with us, and he wants to work with us and work through us to tell people the good news, and that's what the gospel means, good news. So Jesus is with us every step of the way. We need to be about our Father's business. Then fourthly, there's going to be a huge celebration in heaven, and it's going to go on for all eternity. And there will be people from all tribes, all languages, all people groups around this world. How do I know that? The Bible tells me so. Let's read about it in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all the tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can you imagine that? Can you just picture that in your mind? Every people group around this world, every tribe, tongue, and nation in heaven, robed in in white and crying out to God, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Hallelujah. That is going to be awesome. I love to worship with people from other nations as they worship in their language, and I worship in my language. 
I've been blessed to do that here in the U.S. You know, there's a lot of Hispanic churches, and you can go to those services, and they're worshiping in, in Spanish. Also here at Love and Action, we have a Pakistani brother and a Haitian brother, and we get together, and we're praying together, and they're praying in their languages, and we're praying in, in English. And you know what? God understands it all. <laughs> then when we're overseas, and we're in a worship service with people in the Philippines or in India or in Haiti or wherever God has us at, and they're worshiping and singing praises to God in their language, I don't understand a word they're saying, <laughs> but I don't have to because they're not singing to me. They're singing to God, and it is beautiful because we have the same spirit, right? We have the same Holy Spirit. And when we're all worshiping together, I, I think about this scripture. One day, we are going to all be in heaven. All who believe in Jesus, we are all going to be in heaven, and we're going to be worshiping him like that, and even greater, all people, all languages, all tribes. And God wants us to be part of that celebration, and he wants us to be part of reaching people from every tribe, language, and nation. You see, God is preparing a glorious inheritance for his son. It's going to be an uncountable multitude of perfectly forgiven, wholly devoted worshipers from every tribe, nation, and language. We must not merely wait for that to happen. God wants us to be part of making that happen. He wants us to be obedient and go and preach the gospel and make disciples. And if you can't go, you can still help by giving financially so people can go. Those who are willing, those who can go, you can help them, and you're part of bringing people from every tribe, tongue, and nation into the kingdom. Now, when I talk about going out and preach, I'm not just talking about going out and being an evangelist preaching in front of large crowds. When we share our testimony about how God saved us through his son, Jesus Christ, that's preaching the gospel because we're sharing good news. So one-on-one -on -one with people, telling them about Jesus, telling them about what he's done in our lives, how he has saved us, how he has done different things in our lives. That's preaching the gospel. There are those who are called to preach behind, you know, in a pulpit, in a church. There are those who are called to be evangelists, to go out and preach to the masses. And we all have our callings, but we are all called to go and tell people about Jesus and to make disciples. It's a commitment, but you know, it's worth it. Jesus committed to us, didn't he? He put everything on the line for us, including his life. All that pain, all that shame, the death that he took for you and for me, he did it all. We can do it for him. We can be committed to living for him, telling others about him, making disciples, teaching people how to live for Jesus, how to pray, how to study his word, how to share their testimony, how to share with others about him, how to serve others. We can do that. We can be committed to do that. And when we, as soon as we do, again, like I mentioned earlier, we'll think, why didn't I do this earlier? Because it is awesome. It is awesome to be a Great Commission Christian. The Apostle Paul addresses about how people will receive the message from Jesus in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 15, Paul writes, How then are they to call upon him in whom they have not believed? 
How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are those to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Paul is saying, how will people know about Jesus unless we go and tell them? And how can we go and tell them unless we are sent? So see, we do need people who can give to help those of us who are willing to go to go to wherever God sends us all over this world. I've talked a couple of times the past few weeks about the 1040 window, which is the part of the world when you look at the map from North Africa across the Middle East on into Asia. And there's so many people there, 85% of the 3 billion-plus people who are unreached with the gospel live there. How can we go if we're not sent? We have to have money for an airplane ticket, right? We have to have money for expenses. You can help people who are willing to go to go. And I pray that more of you who have said, you know what, I feel like God's wanting me to go to some of these places, that, that you will because people need to hear the gospel. I know we are planning a couple of trips for later this year now that our things are opening up and we're planning a trip to a country that is in that 1040 window where people have not heard the gospel. Very, very few believers are there and we're going to go there and team up with some indigenous pastors who we already support and we help reach the people. We're going there to teach discipleship and go out and share the gospel with people alongside our brothers. But it takes all of us to make it happen. Those who can go, who are willing to go, those who can help send them. And Paul says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. That's preaching the gospel. That's sharing Jesus with people all over this world. We see in Mark chapter 16 that the disciples obeyed Jesus. They obeyed his great commission, and we know that they did. We read through Acts and see what they did, and it was just amazing, and it's all because they were obedient to Jesus. Jesus told them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, and we read in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where Jesus tells them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus told them to wait. They did. The Holy Spirit came, and then they went. They went out, and they shared Jesus with everybody they saw. They shared him with other Jews. They started sharing with the Gentiles. Whoever crossed their paths, They shared the gospel. Why? Because they were obedient to Jesus, to his great commission, and they made disciples. We see that with the apostle Paul. Look at how he was obedient to the great commission. We don't see him write about the great commission in his letters, but we see him living it out in his life. And what we read in Acts, in Acts chapter 13 and 14, we read about Paul's very first missionary trip. Paul and Barnabas They went and they preached the gospel, and they made disciples. And on their second missionary trip, Paul went back to see the brothers and sisters that he and Barnabas had reached and had discipled. This time, Paul took Silas with them. And in Acts chapter 15, verse 41, we read where they traveled through Syria and Sicilia, 
strengthening the churches. Churches. There was churches there. There wasn't churches before they went out on their first missionary trip, but they went out on that first trip and they shared the gospel with people. And those people came to Jesus. They gave their lives to Jesus. They surrendered to Jesus. Then they made disciples and they planted house churches. And when they came back, they came back to see how they were doing and to strengthen them. How did they strengthen them? By teaching them even more, teaching them more, making more disciples and strengthening the churches. So we see how Paul lived out the Great Commission. They proclaimed the gospel. People were converted to Jesus. They discipled them, and they planted house churches. You know, house churches, that's, that's what it was. And that, there's so many house churches around the world today because in many of these countries, especially in that 1040 window I was telling you about, you can't meet in buildings and worship Jesus because in some places it's illegal. The, the country that we're praying we can go to this, this fall, it is against the law for somebody to convert. And if they're already a Christian, then they're okay in a sense. But they're still treated like and like a third class. But they can't, aren't supposed to go out and share the gospel to convert people. But we're going to. <laughs> and, and they are because people need to know about Jesus. But see, where Paul went, he came across a lot of hostilities. Uh, the Jews really fought him everywhere he went. But people just didn't know about Jesus, so he went anyway. It was some tough places that he went to. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a viper. Uh, he, he just he went through one thing after another, spent so much time in prison. But he did it all because he wanted to be obedient to Jesus. And I guarantee you, when we see him in heaven, he'll say, it was worth it all, and I would do it again. Everything he went through, he would do it again because he knows what Jesus has done for him. I know what Jesus has done for me. You know what Jesus has done for you. Let's live out this life for him, and let's proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. It can be in a store. It can be in a coffee house. It can be at work, wherever you're at, at the gym, out walking a trail, many trails we have around Dothan, you're going to come across people who don't know Jesus. And you don't have to beat them over the head with the Bible. <laughs> That's not going to work. At least I've never heard of that working before. But you can start a conversation with them and then turn that conversation into Jesus and about what Jesus has done in your lives. Offer to pray for somebody. That's often a great door of opportunity is when you're talking with somebody and they mention something going on in their lives, maybe they are dealing with a family member who is sick, and you can offer to pray for them. You can say, hey, is okay if I pray for, for you and for your family member who is sick? We can pray right now. And all, you'll be surprised how many times people say, yes, I, I would really appreciate that. And they'll let you pray, even if they're not a believer. And that opens up an opportunity to start sharing Jesus with that person. So we can start with a simple prayer. It, that's great to do at a restaurant. You go to a restaurant, and your waiter or waitress is coming to your table often. So you have little conversations with them as you go. And then they bring the food out. 
And if they sometimes they're extremely busy, right? But offer to pray for them. Say, hey, would you like to pray with us? We're about to bless the, the meal, and we'd, we'd like for you to join us in prayer. If they're not busy, many times they will jo- uh, join you in prayer. Sometimes even if they're busy, they will join you in prayer. And if they can't, say, well, what can we be praying with you about? You know, so you're planting that seed in them, and you can continue to build on that. Come back to the restaurant, ask for that same waiter, that same waitress, but just build on that relationship. And I'll show you one example about sharing Jesus with a, a waitress. My, my wife Martha and I were at a restaurant, and this waitress just did a wonderful job taking care of us. And when she came over and gave us the bill, I asked her, I said, can I ask you two questions? She said, sure. I said, first of all, thank you for taking great care of us. You did a wonderful job tonight. But the first question I want to ask you is, do you know Jesus loves you? And a smile came on her face, but then she also started to tear up. And she says, yes, I know, but I seem so far away right now. You know, boom, wide open door, right? And so Martha and I were both able to talk with her and to share with her. And then we asked her if we could pray for her and anything that she wanted us to pray about. And she did, and we prayed. And she said, please come back and ask for me. So there's a relationship right there we can build. And it's that easy. You can do it. If Martha and I can do it, you can do it. There's no such thing, remember, there's no such thing as a super Christian. We are either followers of Jesus and obedient to him, or we're not. So I just want to encourage you to be obedient to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Share Jesus with people. And when they come to Christ, make disciples. You can do that. I promise you can. You know why I know that? Because Jesus says he is with us always. Always he is with us. And he fills us with his Holy Spirit. So as we end today, I would like to do a personal assessment. And if you've been listening to Sunday Morning of Love and Action for a while, you know I like to do this. And it's for you, it's for me. There's three things you need to ask yourself. First thing, John Piper said there are only three kinds of Christians when it comes to world missions, zealous goers, zealous senders, and disobedient. Which group are you in? Are you zealous about going on missions? Are you zealous about sending people on missions? Or are you disobedient? Three people. Which one are you? Number two, Jesus has commanded every believer to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Do you see this as your ultimate mission in life? What are you doing to fulfill this all-important command? So is this part of your life? Do you see it as, as, hey, this is my mission. I'm supposed to be doing this. I want to do this. And then what are you doing to fulfill this? Thirdly, when looking at the Great Commission, are you doing it? If not, you need to come to God and pray and ask him to help you to do that. And as you look at the Great Commission, if you are doing it, maybe there's, a, there's an area or two where you're struggling at or there's areas you need growth in, what are you willing to do to grow in those areas and how you can share that strength with other Christians? So are you still growing in some areas like making disciples, for example? What are you willing to do to learn more about how to do that and how to share Jesus with others and make disciples? So we have to be intentional. I mentioned that early. We have to be intentional in our relationship with the Father. We have to be intentional in living out the Great Commission. 
And I encourage you to be intentional. He loves you. He died for us. He came back to life for us. Let's live for him. If you missed any part of this series, you can go to the Love in Action podcast and listen to the first three parts of the series or whichever part that you missed. You can find the Love in Action podcast on pretty much every podcast site, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Audible, wherever you listen to podcasts, do a search for the Love in Action podcast and check it out. Well, I thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you know Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. I pray that you will tell at least one person this week about Jesus. Share your testimony. Share what he's done in your life with one person. I challenge you to do that. I guarantee you it will make your upcoming week even better. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.